All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back for another edition of Saturday Standouts. With me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Daring. I had the miss last week. Um, I had a lot going on. Was it last week or two weeks ago? I can't keep track of my days anymore. But uh, um, Sam held it down. I think I was back last week, actually. So sorry for apologizing, guys. It was a mile. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago you were gone. <laughs> yeah, it was two weeks ago. My yeah. bad. I, I'm getting my days mixed up here. So yeah, we had an awesome mock draft last week where we we you know went over about 10 or so. Um, 10, 15 or so names that we are kind of looking forward to being drafted in the first round of this upcoming NFL draft in late, late April. Um, but before we go ahead and get into our sponsors and everything, Sam, how are you doing? I know uh, we're, we're twinning over here. <laughs> I'm doing well, man. My, uh, I know you said your merch just came in today. Um, Caleb and I are both repping Saturday standouts tonight. Go get your merch and Teespring um i think the ticker it should be on the ticker we'll have to we'll read those off in a bit here but i'm doing well i know I, my last semester of college started this week so should be interesting well, that's exciting news man you're, you're almost at the end of the line there so um yes, yeah sir. yeah that's exciting dude uh, until you get to the real world and you gotta start figuring everything out and you gotta pay the bills um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i had some interesting stuff happen to me today there's a couple <laughs> tornadoes <laughs> here in Tallahassee, Florida this afternoon. And that was fun to deal with because one of them landed about a minute or two from my house. And I was just hoping that, you know, not only was my house still here, but that the Wi-Fi was still going to be working. So you're able to have this show and my power was on when I got home and I was just, thank you, Lord. But um, everybody seemed to be safe. Uh, they, one of them landed at the airport too, near here. So flipped over a couple of planes. So it was an interesting afternoon for myself, but um, you know, enough about us. We'll go ahead and jump into our sponsors that we have, and I'll go ahead and screen share um, these with these with everybody. And the first one we got for you guys is Teespring. Um, our unwrapped store on teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrapped. You head over there and you'll get to look at all of your unwrapped merchandise, whether that's a cell phone case, a sticker, um, you've got an, um, a friends inspired, you know, outlook or style here. You've got um, your king, outfits there you got your drip unwrapped you got your hollywood designs as well unwrapped sports shows right there the hard count um another new one here i'm not sure what that is have a nice day unwrapped um you got gen z you got fights unwrapped you got a uh, fourth man pod people's F xfl show uh ladies first of course the merchandise that you are seeing us wear right now your saturday standouts apparel right there get your saturday standouts crew neck sweatshirt and your die cut sticker if you're a fan of the show um, and then also my show after this down here, I'm going to go ahead and give me a little shout out here for keeping it blunt, um, which we just dropped our merchandise last night. Um, so go ahead and go grab your stuff over at teespring.com again, backslash stores, backslash unwrapped, and you can find all of your unwrapped merchandise there. Our next sponsor that we have for you guys is RX Hemp. It's an all natural pain relief cream that is CBD infused bringing it up right now for you guys to be able to check it out. Um, it's, it's awesome. It's THC free. So it's just the CBD aspect from the marijuana leaf. It's great stuff. All natural pain relief cream. Use it on your achy joints that you have any nerve, you know, thing in your back or anything that bothers you. It's a warm and cold therapy that they got going on there. Awesome stuff. If you check out um, with them and use code RxHemp-USN, you will receive 10% off every single one of your purchases, guys. So that's USN dash or it's rx hemp dash usn for 10 percent off every single one of your purchase awesome stuff i use it almost nightly on my back because i have a bad back standing all day so <clears throat> you guys hear me say that every week so if at this point you don't know that caleb's got a bad back now you do um but moving on from rx hemp we'll go into our last 
sponsor here, and that is MyBookie, which is an online betting site, gambling site. And if you use code USN100 on MyBookie.ag, you will receive double your first deposit with a minimum deposit of $45. It's got everything you can ask for from game lines to player props for games and everything like that that you're also able to parlay. They do specials that you're seeing up here almost weekly. Um, so you guys go check out MyBookie.ag. Sign up using code USN100 for double your first deposit with a minimum deposit of $45 and start using that money. They've also got an online casino, guys. That's pretty awesome. It's done nothing but, you know, help me and get my money up on that website as well. So go check it out. But for, without further ado, Sam, I'll let you go ahead and jump into it. And what are we looking at this week? I think one of the, you know, the main things we were talking about before we went on there is, you know, guys that didn't play all season. I mean, that that list is a pretty, pretty lengthy list. And I mean, one of those guys obviously is Trey Lance, probably leads that list um, of those players that didn't play. He played one game back in October, um, along with his teammate, who we'll get to in a second, is Dylan Raduns, um, a guy that has looked very promising, pretty impressive. Um, his, is off to a strong start in drills um, with the Senior Bowl uh, before the Senior Bowl game itself actually kicks off on Saturday. Um, but I'm anxious to see some of these guys that haven't played. The, the, this list is, just goes on and on. Um, and Trey Lance, Dylan Raddins, Jamie Newman. Um, unless I'm blind, I didn't see Kenneth Gainwell on I, either of these rosters. Um, I'm anxious to see Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he'll be one of those guys now that we'll be keeping an eye on, um, for the draft. I see a lot of Tariq Cohen in him. He's been undersized. Um, but I think he's got a very, very bright feature in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I mean, Caleb, I think one of the main things we were talking about is guys that, you know, haven't played all season and there's, there's numerous guys that I missed, but yeah. Yeah, that's definitely noteworthy. And if you guys haven't caught on already, we are, you know, breaking down a little bit of the Reese Senior Bowl coming up this Saturday. Um, so you guys tune in to that the weekend right before the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting. And one of the things that we were harping on, which, you know, connects to what you were saying about a lot of these guys not necessarily playing this past season, whether that be their team opting out or them choosing to opt out themselves, is that this Senior Bowl is probably more important than any Senior Bowl in the past. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've big, I've, I've been listening to podcasts like draft podcasts, and Todd McShay himself has all these like Daniel Jeremiah's, the Mel Kuyper Juniors, the Todd McShays. Like, even he was saying, like, this has been the toughest season for, you know, experts like them to, you know, really grade these guys um, because, you know, they're not playing a full season, um, they're playing with no fans they're playing i mean like the covid always the covid unfortunately came into um came into play with a lot of these teams um the pac-12 only played what six or seven games i think it was six um and yeah i mean even some some ivy league was the first school that ended up can or the first conference excuse me that ended up canceling their season um but yeah i mean it's tough, and I think there's a strong chance. I think they're going to try to have this draft in person, um, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if a lot of players, um, rightfully so, choose to stay home. Um, and I mean, even last year's 2020 class. I mean, I you feel so you really feel for those people for those guys because they work their tails off to get to this point, 
And the fact that like they weren't able to walk the stage and shake Roger Goodell's hand and get that jersey number, um, you really feel for them. And I, I, they haven't made a, they haven't made an announcement, uh, an announcement on the draft. I'm assuming they will. You know, once the Senior Bowl and everything passes, I'm assuming they'll make something around March or so. I would guess beginning to mid March when it gets closer. Um, but my guess is they're going to try to have it in person or they'll have it in person with no, no spectators at all. It's in Cleveland. Um, I honestly didn't know the answer to this, but I, cause I tried to look up tickets to this draft cause I'm not too <laughs> far. I could easily just drive there. But, um, my guess is they're probably not going to have spectators if they actually do have it in person. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough and you really feel for the 2020 class. And there's a, there's a possibility in my opinion, where we could see the same thing with this 2021 draft class. Yeah. It's in the importance of this is huge. Even, you know, leading up to this draft because all of these scouts and NFL guys, what they're looking at is pretty much just film from what these players have been able to put on tape up to this point. And that's really going to, you know, create a lot of, probably moves during this draft that we haven't seen in past drafts, which will be interesting to see because maybe somebody's really shining on tape, but you don't get to necessarily see what they're able to do at a combine. So like the NFL has already announced they're they are not having an NFL combine this season. So they're mm-hmm. going to be doing measurements of these players, weigh-ins of these players at, you know, their pro days and everything like this. Um, so yes, the teams are allowed to have pro days, but usually you know, these players use that are heading into the draft use the pro day as kind of a warm up or, you know, pre um, combine for them to, you know, kind of know where they need to improve on. If they didn't run a great 40, they're going to have the chance to run a, a much better 40 at the NFL combine and be able to, you know, show off their talents and their skills at a level that, you know, a lot of these guys don't necessarily do at the pro day because they're just coming off the season. They don't have the amount, uh, the amount of time to prepare like they do for the NFL combine to get their bodies into shape at full performance. So that's going to be a huge thing is how for these guys in the senior bowl, it's, it's, it's extremely huge because they're getting weighed and they're still going to be doing, they're playing a football game. And I think this is probably going to be one of the more competitive senior bowls that we've seen in the, in the past, just because of that reason, these guys, especially the ones that we were, you were talking about um, at the beginning of the show, Sam, and that they weren't able to play the season, like their team opted out or they decided to opt out um, halfway through the season or at the beginning of the season or whatever, be it. So for them to be able to come out here and showcase their talents against, I think there's a lot of talented you know, players in this senior bowl compared to normal. I know a lot of these names compared to you know usual senior bowls in the past. So um, it's they're really taking it more seriously as well. And another thing is, is that, you know, teams aren't allowed to get these guys into their facilities to be able to have, you know, sit down interviews and conversations with these guys. So they're going to be doing it all over Zoom. So it's going to create a whole other problem. But with the Senior Bowl, you know, these scouts and everything are allowed to be there and because it's held outside of the NFL. And so for the scouts to be able to get there and have these interviews with these experienced players who have all this time that they spent in college and, you know, did the right thing, then they're going to be able to sit down and maybe have even a a leg up on some of these other players that might not be able to do so. That's how important the senior bowl is to me, in my opinion. Yeah. How's it going, Michael? Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, Michael jumping in the comments. What's up guys. What's up, Michael? Thanks for joining us, man. um, Oh yeah. I mean, the one player that we, you know, we, we kind of brought up 
on several episodes throughout the season in terms of the NFL draft, and that's Jamie Newman. And we don't bring that up just because he he opted out. We bring that up because he's a guy that could have used another year. And right. you even you were even one of those guys that really expressed, yes, he has the mobility, but did Wake Forest really unlock his full potential? And I really thought Georgia could have been that guy. It could have been the team to really do that. And Jamie Newman, I mean, I, I he's to me of like the offensive prospects or even I guess the quarterbacks. He's going to be one guy that everyone is going to be keeping their eye on. Um, and I know Todd McShay was talking about some guys that could have stayed. Um, Mel Kuyper Jr. brought up an interesting one. And Trey Lance, North Dakota State, coming from a small school, um, didn't throw a single interception. I don't care what division you're playing. And if you don't throw a single interception through a full regular season, that to me is pretty darn – that's – an unbelievably impressive um, played one game. I can't recall who they played, but it was back in October. They, they did end up playing one game, but Mel Kuyper jr. Brought up an interesting one where what if Trey Lance could like, what if he transfers? What if he ends up, tra- what if he would have transferred to, you know, a power five school for a year, um, a team like Texas and the big 12 for a year, um, and really, really solidify himself as a potential top 10 draft pick because I really think he's going to fluctuate. If I had to guess, unless he goes off in this senior bowl, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 talent, a top 10 draft pick, unless a team like, you know, the San Francisco 49ers sitting there at 12, who I think could be on the move for a new quarterback trade up for him. Right. Um, and I, I don't think, I think if he's selected in, at 10, or in the top 10, I think someone's going to trade out for him. Um, I think he is a bit of a project. And I think of these big name quarterbacks in the first round that we've seen, I think Trey Lance has the most uncertainty in him because not just because he played at this small school, but he only has one year of tape. And especially yeah, I'm not seeing him on the, on the senior bowl rosters. Uh, I thought he was. Um, I have Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, Jamie Newman, Mac Jones. Sam Ellinger's on there. Um, Ian Book, Sam Ellinger, Felipe Franks are the quarterbacks I'm seeing. Actually, yeah, you're right. Actually, because I've never seen that. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks for catching that. But but I mean, yeah. still, like even the pro days. I mean, he has so much uncertainty. Not just because he didn't, he only played one game, but he only has mm-hmm. he has such a limited amount of tape. And that's the thing with Jamie Newman. I think if Jamie Newman would have played at Georgia, one he very well could have ended up being first-round talent this year. Um, He ended up opting out, rightfully so, because of COVID. But that, to me, out of all the opt-outs, was very, very shocking. And Mm. if you look at the history of Georgia's quarterbacks, the guy like Matthew Stafford, Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, um, you can put Stetson Bennett in there for the time he played started this season. None of those guys are mobile. And Jamie Newman is the most mobile quarterback out of all of the all of those names um, from those guys' times at Georgia. Um, so, and a, a mobile quarterback going into an offense that's run heavy, um, and now Zamir White staying back. Uh, we don't have to talk about early Heisman candidates because I'm going to throw mine out there and say mine's going to be JT Daniels. Um, but Jamie Newman, to me, I think would have been an absolute stud um, in Georgia, and I think. That's a guy that has not, I mean, very similar to Trey Lance, 
also has some uncertainty um, because he is a guy that could have used that year. We saw plenty of flashes from him out of Wake Forest. And I don't know, maybe this is just me. I feel like he also transferred out of nowhere. And like, I don't remember him making like ESPN or Bleacher Report coming out with, oh, Jamie Newman's hitting the transfer portal. I just remember seeing, oh, Jamie Newman's transferring to Georgia. So that transfer, unless it's just me, that to me seemed very sudden, like out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I but, think he's. I think he's probably the biggest quarterback that people would have keep their eye on here uh-huh. um, in in the Senior Bowl. I mean, you look at guys like Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, and Kellen Mond on the American side of the ball. Um, all three of those guys are pretty much established based off of their play this past year and the year before. And Jamie Newman's the only other quarterback on that roster right now that they that nobody really got to see against SEC level competition. Now, is he necessarily going to be going up against all SEC competition on on the defensive side of the ball for the national team? No, but he is going up against guys who have been around the game for a long time and understand and probably have the mindset to play at an SEC level. They just might not have the athleticism or talent to do so, but they're coming from other schools where they've been there for four years, and so they understand the game. And so Jamie Newman's really going to have to be able to show himself off here and be like, hey, you guys go ahead and do your things and, you know, give me the chance to kind of shine. At least that's what I'd be putting in my coaches here. But um, obviously, guys, we've got the American team. The national team is represented by the Miami Dolphins coaching staff. And then the American team is represented by the Carolina Panthers coaching staff. So real great coaching staffs on both sides of the ball here. And we'll go ahead and get rolling into our other prospects and everything that we're watching. Who else? has kind of been a surprise or kind of shock to, you know, a bunch of, not a bunch of people, but, you know, to the general public that keep in contact or keep watch of, you know, the college football sphere and the NFL draft so far through these first two days of the senior bowl practices. Before I answer that question, I'm, I'm glad you brought up who's representing these teams. You got the national represented by the Miami Dolphins and the American represented by the Carolina Panthers, two of which, I don't see two on the move, but I mean, especially the Carolina Panthers, a team that very well could be in need of a quarterback. Um, I think Adam Schefter came out the other day. Um, I think he was saying eight, he could see 18 new court, new quarterback changes this off season. Um, I'm assuming Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys on that list. Teddy Bridgewater was a very promising quarterback this year. Um, I personally wouldn't be shocked at all if they don't take a quarterback. Um, in the first round, but I think the fact that the Panthers especially are even coaching, the coaching step is in the senior bowl helps them immensely if they want to target a quarterback in the first round. Uh, but in terms of other guys that I'm watching, um, I remember bringing up one of our first step, I think it was one of our first live shows. Um, you asked me the question of, is there a guy this season? We were predicting the ACC. Is there a guy this season? That you're keeping your eye on for the draft. I had, I had two I had two answers for you. One of them was Chris Rump third out of Duke, and the second one is the one I want to talk about is and that's and that's Charles Snowden from Virginia. Charles Snowden is definitely on the leader side. Um, I want to say he's about three hundred four, but he is insane on length. Like he he has the body frame to really. Um, to really put those guys and put those opponents to the ground and very explosive. And he's six, seven. Um, and I feel like that's one of those linebackers that people don't, people should talk about more. Um, I'm not saying he had a breakout season, but I think he could be a very, very productive asset to a team's defense uh, in the NFL. 
Um, uh, something else I was going to say. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Charles Snowden's definitely one of my guys um, that I'm watching. Oh, I was, I would say the second, I like the secondary class, but I would definitely say this year's draft is more offense is the talent wise. I would definitely say it's more geared towards the offensive side of the ball than defense edge. Isn't that deep D lines, not bad. I like I like the secondary class a lot. I think the secondary class is very very talented and promising. But um, in terms of depth, I would definitely say um, offense. I love the wide receiver class. I think the wide receiver class is almost deeper than it was last year. Um, so many fun guys to watch. So many guys that you can potentially grab in the later rounds. Um, but I have a wide receiver that I want to talk about. But I'll let you you know kind of go through some of your guys on Caleb before I answer that before I get to mine. Yeah, I think the biggest guy that I want to keep my eye on here is Owuzuike. Levi Owuzuike. Yeah, there we go. I'm I'm butchering his name already. Um, I was trying not to. I was nailing it earlier, guys, I promise. Um, But he hasn't played in like 400 and something days of Mm -hmm. football. He opted out for the season. And if you remember correctly, I think at the beginning of the season, like we were making our predictions on who do we think can make a huge leap into the NFL draft and into the first round and be a higher draft pick. And he was my pick just because of, you know, the type of player he is. Just big, extremely good with his hands, just swim move, um, really getting his his hands into the pads of the offensive linemen, being able to push them around and show things. So um, I'm excited to see what he does in this game. He's looking good in practice so far, even for being gone in so long. And then, you know, going back to what you were saying that you're paying attention to a lot is this wide receiver class. Um, and the wide receivers that are in the senior bowl. I think this senior bowl, the defensive line is extremely deep in this senior bowl. Mm -hmm. You've got guys like Marvin Wilson. You've got Carlos Basham. You've got um, both of the guys from Pitt. Um, What are their names? Uh, Patrick Jones the second. And Rashad Weaver. Um, You've got Aruzarike. You've got Dylan Hayes and Ogun Deji from Notre Dame, both big guys. And you've got Taron Jackson out of Coastal, who had a great year for Coastal Carolina this season. I mean, on the other side, you've got um, Malik Herring out of Georgia. You got Peyton Turner from Houston. Uh, Ua Pelotu out of USC. Cameron Sample out of Tulane. All these guys I have heard of on heard their name be somewhere before throughout their entire careers on the defensive line. I mean, Marvin Wilson's not going to be a first round draft pick, but I mean, the fact that he's at a Senior Bowl right now mm-hmm. is, is impressive. I mean, the names that they have brought in for the Senior Bowl. Are, are pretty crazy. And I think that just speaks to, like we were saying before, how important this senior bowl is going to be for some of these guys. Marvin Wilson got injured halfway through the season and didn't get to put a lot on film and didn't look all that great for what he had to put on film this season. So he's kind of come out, looked good on one-on-ones um, so far. I think Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones, I'm going to keep an eye on too, just because Pitt's defensive line was absolutely disgusting these past two seasons. So those two guys should be pretty high draft picks, but th- that's my position group that, I'm kind of keeping my eye on, and I see them having a huge game. But um, we'll go ahead and jump into that wide receiver that you were talking about that, you know, is probably making some strides already into practice, but probably had a good season as well. But somebody you're looking forward to for the draft that's uh, playing in the senior bowl as a wide receiver. Yeah, and I think this could be a guy, you know, potentially, you know, slide his way up into a late day two pick, somewhere in the third round. It's a guy in versatility, insane amount of speed. Um, and that's a senior out of Houston and Marquette Stevenson. He's six zero or six foot, 
Um, six foot flat, 190 pounds. Um, I would definitely say he could put on a little bit of weight. Um, but I mean, I don't think 190 is that excessive of a lightweight. But I think that guy, I think Marquette Stevenson could turn into a very, very, I wouldn't say elite, but very, very talented receiver that a team um, like the Green Bay Packers, you know, could put in their slot um, because the, Packer, the Packers love speed. And MVS is the fastest guy on their roster. MVS is up after next season. EQ is up after next season. Um, so if I'm looking at Fitz, I would love Marquette Stevenson. Um, and that's one of those receivers, though, you know, that can turn into, you know, those late, late round gems um, or mm-hmm. I would even say mid round gems. Um, I know you and Trill were kind of talking about Jalen Darden out of North Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, love that kid. That absolutely, yeah. absolutely electric. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I love Marquette Stevenson. Packers love speed. Um, and we the Packers need a slot receiver. The Packers need a true slot receiver. And I think Marquette Stevenson could be the answer to that. Um, but that's one of my receivers that I'm looking for. Is there any receivers specifically, Caleb, besides Amon Ross St. Brown, since we both like a lot? Actually, I don't even think he's on this roster, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's not. Um, well, but yeah, I guess besides like. In the draft, I guess, overall. Oh, in the draft overall, I mean, you know, that's been my guy since day one. I've, I've loved Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. I've spoken about him three different times over three different <laughs> shows. So, um, <laughs> but to, for, to, for watching in, in the Senior Bowl here um, in Mobile, Alabama, is I want to pay a little bit of attention to Kate Johnson out of South Dakota State. Um, very small name, but a very good wide receiver. Um, already making some plays out there. <laughs> And I think he made like a crazy diving catch today in, in practice. Mm-hmm. He looks real good. Um, Devontae Smith, we haven't seen at all. I don't expect, you know, us to necessarily see him, even though he's there um, play at all. But this wide receiver class, like you were saying, Sam, is pretty deep. So, I mean, I'll just I'll just run through, you know, some of them on both sides of, of you know, both <clears throat> teams, excuse me. And, you know, if you stop me, if you need to stop me, if you want to talk about with them, go ahead. But um, I'll mention some of the guys that have already been shown, uh, whether that be on Twitter or wherever else, you know, videos that's coming out of them performing highly during their two practices so far. Um, one guy that's kind of stood out from the SEC is Shy Smith, um, having a pretty yeah. good, pretty good couple of days practice here. Um, Kadarius Tony has been showing out like he always does. Um, he's been better than his, you know, Florida teammate Trevin Grimes, who plays the same position as him. Amari Rogers burned a, a corner pretty, pretty good, so that was nice to see. And then on the other side of the ball for the National League, um, Kay Johnson, like I said, had a great mm-hmm. catch today. Um, keep an eye on Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma yeah. State, another guy that I kind of wanted to highlight, but I wanted to go with Kay Johnson instead. Um, and then Devontae Smith and Sage Sherratt, like I said, I don't expect Devontae Smith necessarily to play in this game. He's there, you know, just to be a facey guy, get his name out there, you know, do the interview type deals with all the scouts that are there. Um, and then Sage Sherratt, I think he – probably has a lot of proof here because a lot of people were kind of down on him before he, you know, decided to opt out of the season because he didn't put up the numbers that we were expected to with Jamie Newman. So we'll see how that goes. But um, out of, you know, who are you, you know, just go ahead. As I know we've seen some highlights. So what are some of the highlights we've seen so far for the last couple of days from some of these guys that you kind of want to put on notice? I don't remember. I don't think you said this one guy because I wanted to briefly touch up on him, and that's Frank Darby out of ASU. Um, okay. ASU's done a you know tremendous job these past two seasons. Brandon Ayuk, 
coming out. Um, I would even say I would even say offense. Brandon Ayuk coming out. Eno Benjamin hasn't gotten his shot. He stayed in Arizona out of ASU. Uh, one of my favorite running backs in that last year's draft. And if you want to talk about you know late round gems, um, didn't really play much. Um, however, the, the running back room for the for the Arizona Cardinal, Cardinals is definitely in question. Um, Chase Edmonds is still under contract for another two three seasons. Uh, but Kenyon Drake's under that franchise tag. So, I mean, I, you know, Benjamin, unfortunately, only got his shot. I should say, luckily, got his shot, um, you know, to start making a name for himself on the NFL at the NFL level um, over, uh, over on special teams. But if you want to talk for Frank Darby, um, Frank Darby finished as one of the fastest receivers um, after today's senior, or I think it was, I think it was from day two. Yeah, day two or Tuesday um, from those drills over at the Senior Bowl. Um, reported by Jim Nagy earlier today. I don't get the number off the top of my head. Um, but I like him a lot. I, th- I I think he's got elite hands, very crisp route runner, and I love his balance throughout those routes. Um, and, you know, I, I like his quickness and I like his balance. It's probably one of the main things. Um, the main two, like very, I would say his balance is a very, very elite trait of his. Um, but I would definitely say he's elite hands. But Frank Darby's a guy even throughout the season, I would say the first half of the season, this past season, um, was really going off. Like he was one of those guys in the receiver, in the receivers, um, even over on the ACC. Offensive faces, if you want to talk, first half outside of guys like Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, um, excuse me, Pac-12, you got guys like over like um, Frank Darby. Um, Pac-12 has a lot of young talent as well, um, and I, I'm really, really excited to watch the future of the Pac-12, even though they did only play, what, six games. Yeah. Um, but Frank Darby is one of my guys that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, he's a redshirt senior, um, so he's been around for a while. Um, I'm always anxious to see. I think Corey brought up a great point in the chat the other night. Anxious to see how these seniors, guys that have been there for four years, even grad transfers, that's not Darby, but four, four plus years, you know, at the collegiate level, really transferring their game over. I mean, Joe Burrow's coming into the NFL 24, and like a lot of NFL teams are expecting you're 24. A lot of people, like you got to be like a day one starter, right? And like he sat behind JT Barrett for two, three seasons, um, came in, his dad went to Nebraska, Nebraska didn't want him because he supposedly wasn't good enough. (laughs) Um, Then we all know the rest of the story there. But um, <laughs> he comes in at 24, and he had a very, very promising eight games. But um, the Bengals, I think, could have something. I think the Bengals do have something special. But, I mean, I'm always anxious to see, like, those upperclassmen, the guys that have been there for four-plus years. Frank Darby's a redshirt senior. Um, I think he's got a lot of promise. Yeah, and, you know, we're not going to go position by position here just to, for time constraint-wise. So I'll just go ahead and toss it over to you because I know you have, you know, couple more guys than I do that you you want to talk about. So if you want to go ahead and just jump right into that, um, so we're not keeping everybody too late. <laughs> <laughs> um, you brought up Kay Johnson, small school, South Dakota state wide receiver. And I want to stay over in the South Dakota, or, or I'm sorry, not South Dakota, but I want to stay over in a small school side. Um, I'm sure everyone saw that pancake. This guy's been, this guy's been really, really impressive. That's D3. That's an interior offensive line out of Wisconsin, Whitewater, Quinn Minerts. Um, people probably have seen the picture videos of him, you know, he's got the Jersey half on like Zeke. Um, I was listening to, uh, like the commentators 
his he does his offseason training in Canada. Um, yeah. And he went to Hartford, Wisconsin, um, which is actually – I ended up playing against him, um, went to West Bend. He was in our conference. Um, and then he went to Whitewater. And I, I love these D3 stories. Um, ben Barch, um, St. John's, drafted by the Jags. You're familiar. You're a Buccaneers fan. You got Ali Marpet out of Hobart. Ali Marpet yep. is a starter, um, mm-hmm. and he came in and started. If I'm if I'm not right, mistaken. right, he did, and he came in and he was already projected to start. And you got guys like Quinn Minerts, who I very well think could potentially in the future, if he really, really is coached right, he could be a very productive starter. I think he could come in, depending on um, how the rest of his Senior Bowl goes. I think he very well could come in and be a very, very productive rotational guy. Um, but I am very, very excited for Quinn Miners. I love these T3 stories. Um, and, I mean, the, fa- the fact that he is even at the Senior Bowl is very, very impressive. Coming from a small, like, D3 school like Whitewater. And Whitewater is this D th- – like, Whitewater is a powerhouse school. Um, if you're not familiar with, like, Wisconsin – you know, D3 football teams, Wisconsin Whitewater is a powerhouse. Um, they've always had, you know, they, they have a history of success. They, I want to say they just won the, they just won the title pretty recently. Um, Cause it's usually them Oshkosh or um, I know I want to say Whitewater was pretty deep in the playoffs. if not in the championship a few years ago, uh, but it's either them. They're always facing, um, I want to say it's like Mount Mary, but Whitewater is a powerhouse uh, D3 school over in Wisconsin um, for football. And the fact that Quinn Minerts is even here and all these D3 guys, um, they, these guys have really cool stories. And, you, I mean, those are guys that, like, you can't help but cheer for. Like, you just love to cheer for. And Quinn mm-hmm. Minerts is definitely one of those guys that I think everyone should be keeping an eye on. And I think he's going to be drafted. Yeah, I, I loved the picture of him today. I saw like a tweet or somebody is like Pete mm-hmm. Mayo, like physique or something like that. It was the most hilarious thing yeah. I've ever seen. It was like, dude, just, you know, hanging out, chilling and, you know, having a good game and giving an interview. So it was, it was, it was funny to see um, and great to see, honestly, for a D3 guy getting a lot of love here at the Senior Bowl. Um, I'll switch over to mine, real, another one of mine real quick. And that's um, a running back out of UCLA and Demetric Felton who is supposedly moving his way over to wide receiver when it comes to the NFL and what he's doing right now in the senior bowl. I don't know if you've seen his highlights, Sam, but this kid is putting on a clinic on some of these senior DBs. And that's, that's gotta have some, you know, scouts just smiling over there. Like we're getting this running back who is now transferring over to wide receiver and he's making DBs who have been covering wide receivers for years look silly out there, which is, uh, amazing to see. I mean, he had one stutter and go move and the DB was just left in the dust and it was for a touchdown. So this guy, keep an eye out for him when it comes to where he's picked. Cause even though he is making that move to a wide receiver, I guess, classification, you could honestly draft him and use him in all different facets when it comes to the NFL, if the NFL team takes him. So I, I'm trying to think of guys in the NFL who were used that way. Um, that you use them as both the running back. And so like a quarter rail Patterson kind of comes to mind as a running back wide receiver guy. Um, I'm sure, you know, more Sam. I, I wish, I wish this guy was still in there. I'm thinking Denard Robinson running back out of Michigan. Um, right. you know, I ended up being a receiver in the NFL over by the Jags. 
Wish that guy was still there. I wonder what he's up to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's another guy, Cordell Patterson. I mean, this dude screams versatility, and I'm glad you brought this guy up because this has been one of the big, like, you know, not necessarily, like, big names, like the Alabama guys, like the Ohio State players. But, um, I mean, this has been a guy like that very early. Like, we're not even in the game yet. I mean, we're, we're very early in drills, and this guy's mm-hmm. already making a name for himself. Screams versatility played running back, switching over to wide receiver. I think he's got the speed to play, you know, a kick return specialist. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I I like that one as well. Yeah, he's just – it could be, you know, when they come out of high school or whatever and they get rated by 247 Sports or Rivals or whoever and they're classified as, like, an athlete. That's kind of what the equivalent to this is, in my opinion, when it comes to the NFL, except the NFL is not going to do that. They strictly have to be one or the other. I mean, I guess when it comes to – like fullbacks in the NFL, you can fullback, tight end, or H-back. Like you have three classifications. So, I mean, you could see that once he does get into the NFL, but when he comes into the draft and everything, he's just going to be classified as a running back. Um, but it'll be cool. He's, he's that athlete that a lot of teams are now looking for because they don't necessarily just want a guy who specifies in, you know, running routes or a guy who specifies at catching a ball or anything. You want somebody who's more balanced, well-rounded individual. And that's what he has been doing up to this point so far. And I, I know there's seven on seven drills right now, but, um, you know, I can only see him progress. And hopefully we see a lot of him come Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And actually, let me correct myself. I, I knew I had this wrong. Denard played quarterback at Michigan and switched to running back over by the Jags. I feel like he was definitely on right. more than one team, but he was definitely drafted by the Jags. Um, but he was one of my favorite players over at the college during his time. I loved watching him in Michigan. Um, but yeah, I mean, back, back to your point. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and get into my next player. Um, and that's going to be, let me see if I can find him real quick. Oh, uh, Hampson Nazaruddin, uh, safety out of Florida state. You know, I got to show my, my Florida state guys some love. So um, I'm picking Hampson to show some love to been here. A lot of chatter that he's playing inside the box so he's he's maybe moving into a little bit of a linebacker hybrid safety role which is i think a preferred destination for him just based off of his length and size and he'll be able to do a number of things and he's been very vocal as well you know leading the group on the back end there in the linebacker group as well is the is what's coming out of reports from the senior bowl so awesome to see hamsa you know he dealt with an injury he was out for a year and a half after he blew out his knee only played half a uh, half a season last year, had one interception, so that was good to see for him as well. And his stats before he was, you know, knocked out for a year and a half, which I think was his junior year um, before he redshirted because of the injury, was that he just had so many tackles. It was like 110 tackles, something crazy like that. And that's mostly because, you know, Florida State's defense gave up everything, so he had to kind of chase dudes down or be the last line of defense like we talked about earlier on in one of our earlier shows, but – um, Hampson Nazaldine is going to be, I think he's going to be the steal of the draft maybe um, in terms of just his pure talent and athletic ability. I mean, dude is huge um, for his safeties, like six, three, six, four. And you don't necessarily see safeties that big with that length on them and that size. So um, moving him to a hybrid role would be, would be more beneficial for him, I think, than just keeping him as a plain, you know, safety back there on the end or in the backside of the play. But Man, Hampson Nazaldine, you know, being vocal, that's a key. Uh, coaches love that. Scouts love that. Um, front ownership loves that to be able to be vocal on the defensive side of the ball. It's very important that you are. 
And then that length and athleticism, like I'm saying, should just wow scouts and hopefully it gets a decent amount of playing time because I didn't see him a whole lot this season with Florida State. So they're going back and watching some old film on him, and I'm sure they're ready to see what he can actually do coming off of this um, knee injury that he had and took him out for a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'4", 220, and, I mean, he's been consistent. Even before the injury, like you just said, 100, 101 tackles, I think it was. He's been consistent throughout his entire time at Florida State. Um, and I, I think I think he's got the talent to go in the first two rounds. Um, I think he's going to be at, at least a second-round pick. Um, and I, 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 think team, I think you're right, and I, th- I think teams are going to fall in love um, with his utility, with his explosiveness and the vocalness, the leadership aspect of that. And mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how much, you know, those interviews and like even virtual interviews, there's so much like that players or that, that coaches that the coaching staff, you know, really like, it really sucks for the players on their side. And like, they, they have to plan. They, you see those like the players plan differently for that. I feel like, because, and I feel like we've talked about this before, like virtual interviews versus you know, in-person interviews with the coaches, because the like the personality or who you're talking to over the, the computer virtually could be completely different from who you're talking to in person. So you'd be surprised how much of the character really matters when coaches are and the coaching staff really, you know, puts these players into perspective and scheme fit and how they fit their team. Um, and I, I think Hamza Nasruddin is going to be one of those guys um, that's going to play in the factor, that leadership role and aspect, the fact that he's been there for four years over at FSU. Um, and I think, I think leadership, I, I think, I wouldn't say that's a substantial factor for those coaching interviews, but I would definitely say that plays a big part in terms of, you know, how, how teams value certain players over others. Um, but I like Nasruddin a lot. I love guys that can play hybrid roles. Um, we saw we saw guy, we saw Isaiah Simmons, and what was so odd to me about that is, it seems like halfway through the season, like the Cardinals didn't know how to use him. The Cardinals didn't use him correctly until like halfway through the season, <laughs> and then you finally started to see like the flashes, um, and like the first half, the first few games, I should say, we saw a little bit of struggles from Isaiah Simmons, but then like towards. I think it was the first time they played Seattle and they beat them. Um, I want to say it was Sunday or Monday night football. Um, maybe it was Thursday. I know it was a night game, but that's that that's the game that you really saw Isaiah Simmons come around. Um, so, and and the fact if, if wherever Hamza Nazaldin gets drafted, whoever drafts him, if they can unlock his potential and if they can really use him correctly, I think he's got a very very successful future at the pro level. Yeah, he was a fan favorite here at Florida State, so I I can only see him doing well when it comes to, you know, impressing ownership, impressing management as well for any NFL organization. So um, with that being said, Sam, we'll jump into one more guy that you're really interested in before we give, you know, a little bit of highlights that the guys over who are covering the Senior Bowl are looking at. Yeah, one last uh, guy I want to talk about, um, and that's Hamaka Rashid Jr., been on the leaner side, I would say one of the minor. I wouldn't say – I don't really think he has any red flags. Um, he comes in. I think he is a bit of a high tackler. Um, he's got very, very elite vision. Um, and I mean, think, I, I think back – I think back, even though the edge rushers – the edge rusher class isn't necessarily that deep, I think the talent goes away very quickly. 
Um, you got guys like Cody Pay, Gregory Russo, um, Hamaka Rashid Jr., Patrick Jones II, although I think Patrick Jones II um, is much more efficient on the inside. Um, I think he can play on the outside, but I love Pat Jones II, his athleticism, especially his versatility. Um, but Hamaka Rashid is six foot three, two thirty-five. Unbelievable amount of athleticism, and I think his vision, especially in the run game, and I think that's an area where he succeeds. Um, and, and coming from like you know Oregon State, um, playing in the Pac-12, yes, it is a Power Five conference, but you also have um, Oregon State's not like a successful school compared to you know the other, I should say, Pac-12 schools. Um, because when the first teams that people think of when they think of the Pac-12 is Oregon and USC. I would definitely say. Um, I believe there's another defensive prospect uh, from Oregon State, Thomas Graham, um, the corner, the defensive back. Um, but Hamaka Rashid Jr., I think, is one of those edge rushers, defensive prospects um, that could very well quickly rise up the boards um, into as early as the second round. Yeah, and I think we had mentioned him on one of our previous shows as well about him just being able to fill gaps is, is incredible, um, which is a lot of a linebacker's job when it comes to the run game and just forcing, you know, an offensive lineman to take the wrong block instead of taking the correct block like their coach to do. So him being able to do that, and he, if I remember correctly, he is like their vocal guy, like on the defensive side of the ball. So another leader that we're pointing out here, which a lot of these guys are, being seniors, they're expected to be the leaders, but – there's also those leaders that go above and beyond those other leaders. And that's one of these guys, like I, like I truly believe this kid will have a, a decent career in the NFL at the linebacker position, pretty solid all around built guy and just does the things that you need him to do. And that's another thing that, you know, NFL scouts and coaches and, and management love you ask him to do something. He's going to do his job and he's going to do it the right way. The first time you ask him, and that's the type of um, player, <clears throat> excuse me, Rich, Rashid Jr. is, and I expect that to continue throughout, you know, his NFL career as well. And I think I think he's definitely a player that would benefit very well, um, you know, coming in and rotating, being a rotational player behind a veteran, you know, behind behind a guy like Chandler Jones um, from the Arizona Cardinals. Unfortunately, went up with a bicep injury, but the Cardinals don't have a lot of depth at all. And I bring this up because I wrote a draft profile on him um, a few months back during the college football season. Um, and I mean, the edge rusher, um, for the Arizona Cardinals is one of those that's definitely in question. Um, like the cornerbacks position, which I think is their most glaring need. They don't have a lot of depth at the edge rusher position. They traded for Marcus Golden, Marcus Golden from the Giants, um, reunion. I believe he was on the Cardinals before, um, earlier in his career. Um, but Marcus Golden, Marcus Golden was decent when they traded for him. But if I'm not mistaken, I think he's up. Um, right. but, and the Cardinals are also going into this off season. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I know they don't have a lot of cap space. Um, so they might be relying the, the big part of their off season might be heavily relying on the draft. And I think if they see some guys that they pick off free agency, um, I think it's going to be guys, um, that are, you know, depth pieces, but Hamaka Rashid Jr. I think could benefit a lot from being a rotational guy sitting behind a, veteran player and what better player to learn off of than Chandler Jones. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great, you know, mentor. Um, but, you know, we log off here is I'm going to go over, you know, five guys that the NFL, um, the people who do the NFL stuff for the senior bowl practices 
um, they don't have their names right off the bat. Five guys that they kind of pointed out, and we can just go over them really quickly um, that have it's impressed them after the first day of practice. Um, the first one on the list here is Carlos Boogie Basham. Um, so he's got the cool nickname in Boogie, the defensive man out of Wake Forest. We've got uh, Levi Ouzurike, um defensive tackle out of Washington, who I was talking about a little bit earlier. We have a uh, wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, we got a wide receiver out of the University of Tennessee in Josh Palmer. And we have a running back out of Missouri in Larry Roundtree the third, And then rounding it out, another um, player I had mentioned earlier, and that's Shai Smith, wide receiver out of South Carolina. So, you know, go ahead and jump into any of those if you'd like. Um, I would say the only one I was going to jump into was Shai Smith. You mentioned him earlier. Um he showed a lot of, you know, flashes late in the season out of South Carolina. Um, so I'm really interested to see where um, where he gets drafted. And I feel like that could be – see, I, I love this wide receiver class. I feel like we could go for days talking about this wide receiver class. Nico Collins is another guy out of Michigan. Um, Tariq Black, went, I, don't even, I don't think he's on the senior bowl rosters, but um, Tariq Black, Michigan transfer, went to Texas. Um Oh, there's so many that I'm missing, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, Shai Smith, I think is one of those guys that could be drafted, you know, near, near the areas where guys like Quintus Cephas and, and uh, James Prochet were drafted. Um, but I mean, that's one of those small names receivers that, you know, very well could rise his names off the name up the board. Um, like Marquez Stevenson. Yeah. He's a slot guy too. So you, you were talking about, you know, Packers need a slot guy, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of teams out there that need a slot guy. I, you know, the Jets have an abundance of wide receivers right now, but I, I see a, a couple of them probably leaving. And then, you know, what are you going to do from there? But apparently a lot of people have him as being one of the highest rated slot wide receivers coming out. Um, he say they could be, he could be a day one starter, which is pretty nasty. He looks very fluid and clean on his routes and he's, been getting a lot of separation. So, I mean, that's good for him. Um, but another guy that I wasn't too, you know, familiar with, and that's Larry Roundtree, the third running back out of Missouri, apparently plays very, very well. His pad level is pretty great. Um, he has live full speed, which is impressive when you're putting on pads as a running back. Um, and he was doing good on nine and seven. That's what they're saying. Has excellent vision. Decisiveness seems poised to continue the momentum he built. Having a 14 touchdown campaign this last year with Missouri, which I didn't know he was even that high up, which ranked seventh most in FBS football. So, I mean, that's surprising to me. If you're a team looking for a running back or a second running back, um, more likely the second running back on a team, then that would be a guy that I would, you know, kind of point to like, hey, you know, start checking this guy out. He's, you know, been through the ringer for four years and he kind of turned it on last season. So he's hitting his stride at the right time to be drafted. And then we already know what it, when, what comes with a Wizarike. Um, like I talked about earlier, just absolute strength and, and a genius when it comes to using his hands. Um, Carlos Basham, a defensive end from Wake Forest, was super high on the boards, you know, before this past season. I don't remember if he transferred, transfer, excuse me, opted out or not. Um, he, no, he, uh, he ended up staying. But okay. that's, that's a good example because there, there's a few of those guys that really um, – some of them were shocking. I mean, I, I would argue Dylan Moses' draft stock dropped a bit. I mean, Dylan Moses is one of those guys seen as first-round talent. Um, now falling out in the second round, Carlos Basham Jr. is another another guy. I, I think he's character. I think he's going to become a quick fan favorite for to wherever he gets drafted. 
Yeah, and he's been he was lethal off the edge when he was there um, at Wake Forest and in the ACC, and he just showed it even more so far. What I've been able to watch video on him, just absolutely overpowering offensive linemen coming off the edge of the ball, just the speed, the way he finishes, and he just was working offensive linemen all day like it was you know taking candy from a kid, dude. It was just too easy for him to be able to get back to the quarterback, and that's going to be dangerous when when you know, you get to the NFL, it's it's really needed there for you to get pressure on the quarterback. The more and more the NFL is moving towards a pass first type of offensive schemes and the different things they do out of that, whether that is having the quarterback run the ball and keep it or not. So it's going to be important for a team to get a guy like Basham. But um, Josh Palmer, wide receiver out of Tennessee, have you ever heard of him? Very vaguely. Um, I don't, I'm not too familiar with them in terms of film. Yeah, so there's not a lot of buzz about him. He's just kind of been a four-year solid starter for the University of Tennessee, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But they're projecting him to go, you know, rounds three through four, which, I mean, for a guy that not a lot of people knew about, didn't have a lot of buzz around his name, that's going to be pretty good. Um, the uh, Coming out of camp there at the Senior Bowl, they're saying looked very smooth and fluid in one-on-one drills, um, was able to get over the top of coverage and track the ball extremely well, which in the NFL – those are all the things that they look for and the things, the words I keep using is more balanced. We're moving towards a more balanced type of wide receiver here. Not a guy that can do one thing or specialize in one thing. You want a guy that has the whole package. Seems like George, uh, this Palmer kid, um, Josh Palmer, excuse me, has a great set of skills that are going to be able to promote him to be, you know, a number two or a number three guy in the NFL. And we'll see how he projects uh, come up and see if he's going to get a lot of playing time here on Saturday at the senior bowl or not. It's interesting because Jawan Jennings came out and a lot of people were very surprised my to see boy, him drop went, that went far. To my high school, went to my high school. <laughs> Jawan Jennings was my high school quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. Really? <laughs> yeah, he That's played awesome. quarterback. <laughs> Sorry, I mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, I mean, a lot of people were very surprised to see him drop that far. Um, I think he went like the fifth round or so. Yes. Because um, I think a lot of people expected him to be – um, you know, a day two pick. And if you look at the Niners wide receiver room, they're somewhat deep. I mean, they have Debo, Brandon Ayuk, um, Jawan Jennings. I feel like they had one more. I just can't remember who it was. But um, but Jawan Jennings. Oh, Jalen Hurd. My favorite guy, Jalen Hurd, um, who I thought was definitely going to have a potential breakout season until he tore his ACL in practice. Um, but but yeah, I mean, Josh Palmer. I'm anxious to see where he falls. Um, and I want to go back to the running backs because we were having this conversation about like you know the running back draft class. Um, and I mean, th- this could be the last one, um, the last topic here because I know we're running short on time. But uh, we were talking about day one starters, and I was saying outside of guys like Travis Etienne and Najee Harris, I don't really see guys that can start. Um, Stevenson got great praise from Lewis Riddick. Amber says Marquez Stevenson. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, you know, I mean, you're not coming from a big school, like a big SEC, the big 10. Um, but Houston's very Houston, Houston has produced pretty decent talent, um, uh, within these past few years. And I love Marquez Stevenson, um, hopefully a future Packer. Um, but running backs in terms of starters, Outside of Travis Etienne and Najee Harris, I don't see too many. Um, I think the next guy in line, I think the third best running back, and I remember texting you about this, Javante Williams out of North Carolina. 
Even Chuba Hubbard. What was that? I'm sorry. I think that Javante Williams kid's going to be a beast. I think he's going to be so good. Yeah. And I wouldn't say he's got the potential to be a day one starter, but I think he could work his way into the starting rotation very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael Carter is also another guy that's on one of the senior bowl rosters, actually. Uh, But even Chuba Hubbard, I mean, I've always been a guy that, I, I, I feel like I'm not as high on Chuba Hubbard as a lot of other people are. I think he's very talented. He I personally don't think he took that big of a leap um, before he before he um, be, before he opted out halfway through the season. Um, I think he's talented. I think he could be a very reliable complimentary running back um, to a very elite starter. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got him at five, but I can understand putting him <laughs> – at six, um, I know my cousin is a guy that put Kenny Gainwell, Kenneth Gainwell of Memphis. I like him a lot. I don't see Kenneth Gainwell as a starter, um, but I see a lot of Tariq Cohen in him. And I, I think he's, and I think Tariq Cohen is one of the most underrated pass catchers um, in the NFL. I mean, the thing I think, I think one of the big things that's going to maybe stop teams from potentially using Kenneth Gainwell as a starting caliber running back is his size. He's undersized, but he's got an elite amount of speed, and he is a guy that has proven that he can be very productive in both the run and the passing game. And I think teams are going to fall in love with that. And just because you're not a starting running back doesn't mean you're not going to have a successful future. And I think this guy has a very bright and long-term NFL future, Kenneth Gatewell. Uh, But I've got Hubbard at five slash... I'm still deciding because I'm really, really close to putting Hubbard at six and Kenneth Gatewell at five. Um, yeah, Amber, I saw that. I saw you put in the chat. Um, Tennessee running back got another Oklahoma transfer. Um, Tennessee's been losing a lot of transfers. Um, if Wanya Morris, Wanya Morris is a big five star guy that went to Tennessee. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he did go to Oklahoma. Um, I think he didn't end up transferring to Oklahoma, so that's a huge get. Um, over for your Oklahoma Sooners, Amber. But we can talk recruits on another episode. But, yeah, I just wanted to bring up the running back draft class. I mean, I wouldn't say it's overly deep, but I think there's a lot of talent. I think there's potentially a lot of hidden talent in this running back class. Yep, I I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of players out there that are going to be moving up the draft board, and I think there's going to be a lot of players that are moving down draft boards. It's going to be probably one of the craziest NFL drafts that I've seen um, live, so that'll be cool. Um, but we're running low on time here, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to Sam. Give a little shout out before we go ahead and log off. We got about a minute and a half. So, you know, make it quick. Yeah. So Caleb and I here every Wednesday nights, uh, seven central eight Eastern. I write for the cards wire. I've been doing a lot of draft profiles. Um, I run dairy sports, go give dairy sports a follow on all social media platforms. And Matt Skura and I are, um, we do the title town show. Um, but unfortunately, our Green Bay Packers lost, so we're going to be using these. Uh, we're going to be using this week to, you know, kind of go over the NFC title game, um, the unfortunate loss of my Green Bay Packers, and how Aaron Rodgers will not be leaving at the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, um, was was an awesome time, Sam. As always, I'm excited to do this with you week in, week out. Obviously, Saturday standouts every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. After this show, immediately afterwards at nine o'clock, which it's turning now. Um, I'm hopping on Keeping It Blunt with Perry Aston, so I'll be seeing you guys there. Um, so give us a follow at Unwrapped Sports, at Sat Standouts, USN, at Keeping It underscore Blunt. Thank you, Sam, again, and I'll be talking to you soon.